I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. As I am recording this podcast episode, it is just after my older daughter's high school graduation, and I'm still in disbelief that we actually got here. It's one of those roller coaster life moments where you just can't believe, A, that you have an adult. I can't believe I have an adult child. <laughs> and I can't believe that I have gotten to the point where she's done with K through 12. My goodness, lots of life changes happening. And it's really fun and it's very exciting. If you have a, a junior rising to senior, prepare for the roller coaster ride. <laughs> it's fun, but there's lots of ups and downs. So without further ado, let me dive into today's topic. And that is masculine and feminine parenting styles. Now I'm going to talk about masculine and feminine energy in this podcast episode. I'll talk about how it can apply to your parenting, how to discern which energy type you lean toward, and then also how to develop one or the other, depending on what you would like. And also, lastly, I'm going to talk with you about how to use different masculine and feminine approaches to parenting to better reach your teen and to support your teen. Before I even get into any of this, it's important to note that masculine and feminine energy are just concepts that describe certain qualities or traits, ways of being that are traditionally associated with masculinity and femininity. They actually are not tied to gender in any way, and they can ex be expressed by individuals regardless of that individual's gender identity. So uh, let's start with describing masculine energy. This is often associated with characteristics like assertiveness, strength, independence, logic, analytical thinking, and action taking. And it's also commonly referred to as the yang energy in some cultures and in belief systems. And it can be associated with the sun, fire, and other symbols of power and strength. Feminine energy is often linked to things like intuition, compassion, nurturing, emotional intelligence, creativity, and receptivity. And it is considered to be the yin of energy. It's associated with moon, water, and symbols of nurturing and sensitivity. So while I'm referring to masculine and feminine, it's important to understand like I said, that they're not linked to any particular gender, and also that everyone has their own unique combination of both energies within them, regardless of their gender identity. So you may hear feminine energy and think, okay, well, that's what the mom would be doing, or masculine energy would be what the dad is doing. Not necessarily. I've worked with all kinds of parents, and just bringing the awareness to them, they're it has nothing to do of whether it's the male or the female or non-binary. It's just a way of expressing yourself and getting your point across or relating to others. So some people may just naturally lean toward expressing more of one energy than the other. Some people may be a little bit more balanced. 
but I tend to see that most people lean in one direction or the other. So if you're not really sure which is your dominant trait, there's all kinds of online quizzes you can take. And I don't know about you, but I love a good online quiz. And it's funny because when you're taking it, you're like, okay, I know that this is, I can see my answers just by clicking on this one. I know that this is going to lead me to have this outcome, but it's just, you know, awareness. That's what it's all about. And always take those quizzes with a grain of salt. But either way, whatever your results, it's really worth mentioning that these energies are not fixed. They're not static. And they can change depending on the situation, depending on life stages, depending on who you're interacting with, where you are. So know that it can vary and it can change. And I'm going to give you some examples a little later on in this episode. So when I'm referring to masculine parenting, it has to do with things like assertiveness, independence, discipline, Masculine parenting emphasizes teaching your teen to be strong, self-reliant, and to take risks. It also involves setting boundaries, enforcing rules, encouraging your teen to develop skills and competencies through challenges. And feminine parenting is associated with things like nurturing, empathy, and emotional support. And it also really emphasizes building strong emotional connections with your teen and encouraging their emotional expression. So people who have more of a feminine approach to parenting, they focus on fostering a sense of security and comfort, providing care and engaging in open communication. So you can imagine how each style of parenting can have its benefits, but they also have their drawbacks. So let me give you an example here. Let's say your teen is failing a class. The masculine approach to parenting would be to discipline them for not keeping up with the coursework or not studying. So maybe removing some privileges until the grade improves. For example, the feminine approach would be to ask your teen, hey, is there something going on? Is there something you need to let me know? What's going on and how can I support you in improving your grade? And again, neither approach is better than the other. It really depends on your teenager and what they would really respond to. And here's where things can get a little bit tricky. A masculine approach to parenting may lead to resentment. And on the other hand, a feminine approach may lead to excuses. So how do you know which is better? And this is no clear answer. It's really through trial and error. Figuring out what works, what doesn't work, getting to know your teen, the nuances, and all the subtleties. Also, trusting your gut and having open and honest conversations with your teen. Maybe just being direct out front. What would be more helpful here? What do you feel like you would respond better to? And of course, that's only going to work if they know. Or you could try one way and then course correct if necessary. I know that I've spoken one time I was having a conversation with a parent and their approach has always been to nurture and the more feminine approach, like, how can I support you? Are you okay? And what she was finding is that when she would see her husband do the opposite and being more direct and holding the teen more accountable, the teen was responding well to that. But the parent that I was talking to 
was worried that if they took that approach, it would make it seem as though they didn't care, which when I pointed it out to her, hey, do you notice how your teen is more responding to this type of approach? How can you integrate some of these approaches in your parenting, but also communicate why? So instead of just shifting things, like you're always the nurturing parent, and then all of a sudden starting to be a hard ass, that can be confusing. And maybe your teen would feel like you had turned your back on them. But if you're just open and honest about it, like, hey, I noticed that you respond better to this when this is happening, and I am here to support you, and I would like to support you in this way, it makes it a little less vague and confusing, just having conversations about it. So when it comes to figuring out which response your teen would really would really benefit your teen is to also know just what type of energy your teen responds to. Having a masculine response can be really comforting to a teenager who needs that extra push and some accountability. And a feminine rep- response, on the other hand, can really be comforting to a teenager who needs some nurturing and support. So when you are trying to figure out what to do, here are a few things to think think about when you are identifying your own parenting style and whether you lean more toward masculine or feminine. So listen to these and see. And also remember, (laughs) I know when even when just researching for this particular podcast episode, when I was making a list of masculine and feminine energies, I noticed that I would feel triggered when I would read a certain approach and I would think, gosh, you know, God, people who act like that really annoy me or parents who have that approach really annoy me because I see them as, right, like soft or aggressive. I don't want to identify which one because I don't want to skew you either way, but I really want you to notice if you get annoyed when you hear a description of a certain type of energy and then question yourself, why? And that kind of leads to the first identifier. And that is to consider your beliefs about parenting, about gender roles, and about child rearing. So do you tend to embrace the traditional gender roles, like the dad is the provider and the mom is the nurturer? Or do you lean more toward an equal approach where both parents can do both and or either? So pay attention to that. Pay attention to how you were parented and how the dynamic between masculine and feminine energy worked in your household and some ideals that you may have internalized as a result. The second thing to do is to reflect on how you communicate with your teen. Do you emphasize emotional expression or empathy and understanding, which is the feminine? Or do you focus more on discipline or problem solving and setting boundaries, which is the masculine? The third thing to do is to think about goals you have for your teen's development and well-being. This is a really uh, insightful thing to notice when you reflect. Do you prioritize their emotional growth and their self-esteem and relationships, which would be the feminine? Or do you place more of an emphasis on independence and self-reliance and achievement, which is the masculine? Maybe you do both. And also notice, like, if you are one or the other, if you are judging the one that you're not, or even if you're judging the one that you are, and pay attention to those biases that can be so deeply ingrained that you take them as truth. Number four is pay attention to how you interact with your teen just on an everyday basis. Are you more providing emotional support? 
Are you engaging in nurturing behaviors and communicating, which is the feminine? Or do you focus on teaching skills and providing structure and enforcing rules, which is more the masculine? Also, it's important to note when you're hearing these lists is if you lean more toward one, how can you incorporate more of the other if you feel like it would be beneficial in the relationship that you have with your team? If you're a single parent, for example, how can you incorporate what is not present in your current approach to create a more balanced parenting style for your team? And number five is to ask for feedback from people you trust. Also, maybe your team, like, do you see me more as a nurturer or more of a structured rule enforcer? You know, see what they think, see what your friends think, see what family members think. And as I mentioned before, these energies are not fixed. If you find that you'd like to develop one of them, here are some strategies. So if you're hearing these things and you feel like you would like to have a little more masculine energy in your makeup, here are a few things you can do. Number one is first to take some time to explore your beliefs about masculinity and femininity. And at first, like I mentioned before, identify any biases or societal conditioning that may have influenced your perception of these energies. And be willing to challenge and redefine these beliefs to create a more inclusive and more expansive understanding of what they mean. The second thing you can do to get more masculine energy into your life is engaging in physical activities that require strength, endurance, and assertiveness. Things like weightlifting, martial arts, participating in team sports, or anything that promotes physical strength and resilience can definitely bring about a little more masculine energy into your life. Number three, work on enhancing your assertiveness and confidence in different areas of your life. So practice expressing your opinions, setting boundaries, asserting yourself when needed. Notice when you back down. Notice when you could bring a little more assertiveness into your life. And building more self-assurance and assertiveness, it can really help develop that level of masculine energy. Number four, focus on developing self-reliance and independence by taking responsibility for your own life. So do things like set goals, make decisions, take actions that are in alignment with your values and your aspirations in life. Really the idea that you can build this sense of autonomy can develop masculine energy. Number five, look for opportunities to take on leadership roles. So this could be in your personal life, it could be in a professional life and professional setting, maybe leading a project or organizing a team or volunteering in a leadership position. Having these leadership roles, it really requires assertiveness decision-making and taking charge, which is more on the masculine side. Number six is to engage in activities that enhance your analytical thinking and problem-solving skills. So this could be something like reading books on critical thinking or doing puzzles, uh, playing strategic games, or learning a new skill that requires logical reasoning. And this is really just developing these cognitive abilities that are more on the masculine energy side. Number seven 
is to find people like role models who embody these qualities of masculine energy that you admire, that you look up to. So get into conversations with them, learn from their experiences and pay attention to how they act. Having these positive influences can really provide inspiration when you are wanting to cultivate more masculinity in your life in a way that feels empowering and positive. Now, if you'd like to develop the more feminine energy, the first thing you could do is to be more aware of your emotions, your feelings, your intuitive insights. I was given a book once that I still have. It's a journal on developing intuition. And there were just very simple questions in there about when did I feel intuitive or how do I know when I'm getting an intuitive hit? Those activities just in and of themselves can really help you practice those skills. Also practicing mindfulness and paying attention to the subtler aspects of your experiences. The second thing you could do is to really cultivate more emotional intelligence by getting a better understanding and becoming more aware of your emotions, but also the emotions of others. This can help you practice empathy, practice active listening, compassionate communication, and really allow yourself to be vulnerable and open to connections. I know that this can feel really, it can feel really unsafe to do that for a lot of people, but if you're able to find a space where you feel comfortable to do it, it can really help promote more of that feminine energy to be able to do that, those kinds of things. Number three, is to engage in creative activities that allow you to express yourself. Things like art, music, dance, or writing, um, other any type of creative expression, exploring your imagination, again, tapping into your intuition and letting go of self-judgment that may come from that. For people who are very structured and detail-oriented and regimented, it can feel, again, very unsafe to express yourself because it doesn't feel so structured. So finding something that feels approachable is a great way. Number four is to engage in activities that make you feel cared for, like taking a bath or practicing yoga and meditation. Again, spending time in nature. Number five is to create a deeper connection and better relationships with other people. So find opportunities to collaborate with people for cooperation and to accept and offer support. And engage in community activities that create spaces for open communication and emotional sharing. And it's funny because when I say that, I can imagine some people just rolling their eyes some people are really trigger, triggered with emotional sharing, and that's okay. But it's all a part of taking small steps and doing things that do feel approachable and comfortable. And number six is to trust and develop your intuition. So pay attention to your inner voice. Pay attention to your instincts. Practice tuning in to your inner wisdom and making decisions from that place. And just allow yourself to embrace uncertainty and surrender to the flow of life. Man, if there's anything you can do as a parent that will help your journey be less stressful and less frustrating, that is to surrender to the flow of life. Surrender to the flow of what's going on. 
because when you're swimming upstream, you're pushing against it. It's like you're creating a double hard experience for yourself and it's making it even more frustrating. Whereas when you can just go with the flow, imagine yourself literally floating down the river of this parenting journey and just kind of going along with it as it comes, it can feel a lot less stressful. All right, so there you have it, masculine, masculine and feminine parenting. I find this to be so fascinating and I had so much fun researching it and recording this and I would love to hear your thoughts. Come find me over on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri. Share what you think and which one do you lean more toward? I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.